Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizzled on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And happy Monday as you listen to this, uh, or maybe even Sunday. Maybe we're going to put this up a little early because it's Emmy's Fever, baby, catch it! That was the most excited you've ever been when speaking publicly about the Emmys. That's Maybe during nominations day when like certain people got nominated, you showed more excitement. But I was that pretty. Was I I definitely whooped for Jesse Plemons getting a nomination for Callister. Yeah, and uh, Yvonne. Yeah, she deserved it. I'm happy for her. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know I'm happy for her. You're not necessarily agreeing that she deserved it. I I mean, based on not only uh, the, the very convincing articles that you've written, but. The general consensus, yeah. And from what I saw, she I mean, I i have no problem with her getting it. Actually, how much of season two of Handmaid's Tale have you watched? Six or seven, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. You've watched more than I thought. It was difficult. It's a, not an easy show to watch, necessarily. For a lot of reasons. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fine. It's going to win. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, and this cor- this podcast, of course, is going to feel a little sillier after uh, after the actual Emmys come out. So if you're listening to this uh, before Monday at, uh, you know, what, 5 p.m. Pacific time? Sure. Then you'll be on the same page as us right now. If you're listening to it afterward, then you can either be like, yeah, you guys had it all right, or, whoa, you guys were wrong. You know, I honestly feel like this is something that um – I think it's growing a little bit, very, very slightly, uh, that prognosticators and even not just prognosticators, but just as a whole, when like the industry takes a certain thing for granted when it comes to predicting awards, um, they're held accountable for it. I don't think that historically they are. I feel like once the awards are out, everybody kind of just forgets about the predictions and the talk that came before other than to emphasize the story of like an upset or a sure thing. Um but honestly, I think it's more fun to kind of look back and and remember how people were thinking before it happened and then kind of break down, you know, uh, once you've seen the results, how you got there and what could have convinced people that it was going to be this and it turned out to be this and why, you know, we'll be thinking that way. So I think it works. I think it'll be fun either way for people. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, only if you're as crazy as I am, but, you know. People like listening to us in theory. They at, at the very at- least, they can enjoy me being wrong a lot they can be like god ben you were dumb well i mean i feel like the only times you're really wrong are when you let what you want to happen overwhelm what you feel is your instinct what your very well honed instincts tell you is going to happen i mean i wish i wish that were the case but that does happen quite a bit too (laughs) yeah actually have you filled out your emmys ballot yet i should send out a reminder oh yeah no i haven't done that we we do an informal uh, emmys pool for bragging rights. I'm also always torn on the on the IndieWire Emmy pool if I need to stick with my IndieWire predictions that are public. Um, usually, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have a reason why to change, but sometimes if it's a close race in my head, I'd have to go back. This is all boring. Um, yeah, no, I'll fill it out. Um, but yes, uh, so you have identified a few races uh, that going into this, going into this Emmys, are potentially the most up in the air is that correct or did yeah. you yeah well 
Let me preface this by saying um, that after, you know, spending, let's see, it's February, I don't know, a, a billion months <laughs> studying uh, this year's Emmys races, um, I've come to the very scientific, uh, firm projection that this year is either going to be extremely boring and a lot of old winners will win again, or it's going to be a total crapshoot and anything can happen. Right. Or a mix of those things. <laughs> so basically I know nothing, but there are a lot of races that are widely considered to be up in the air. Uh, presumably if you've been listening to the Turn It On podcast with Michael Schneider, uh, Emmys editions, then you've heard uh, Mr. Schneider and, of course, Ann Thompson dig into these races a little bit as well. Um, but, to, to clarify, actually, you mean the screen talk. Oh, uh, shit, is that what it is? They, they do it under the screen talk banner. I don't know why that's confusing to me, but I feel like I've messed this up before. Okay, well, you got it now. Well, you got it now, Liz. Well, we, we have it now. <laughs> I'll probably lose it again in a few minutes. I'll but, find it for you. Uh, but yeah, screen talk. Uh, the one that started it all. Um, but no, let's start Let's start with the big one. Right. Liz, um, what is your initial impression of, of the drama series race? Well, I don't like to just assume that Handmaid's Tale is going to win it because um, I, I liked the season a lot. Um, I found, I think, like, the chances they took with it were interesting. I feel like momentum-wise, there were a few issues, but I really thought the back half came into its own, um, and there was some great stuff there. Um, And so that I'm saying that I, as kind of the major Handmaid's Tale stand on staff, is not, I'm not, like, jumping up and down out of my seat for for the quality of the season. And I feel like a lot of people were very down on the season as a whole. So I haven't been like in my head thinking automatically, oh, Hamay's tail is going to win, despite what you just said a couple minutes ago. Um, so, I mean, but at the same time, like, unless Game of Thrones does is wins, which is insane, um, <laughs> which is not, it's not insane, but it's like, it's, it's kind of like, I feel like that's the obvious, like, that's the obvious thing that would win. And Game of Thrones did pretty well, uh, at the Creative Arts Emmys, which is not a, an automatic predictor, but a halfway decent one. It also showed that people didn't forget about Game of Thrones. Which they is weren't the, like, oh, well, I just saw that really cool thing on Westworld. I'm going to vote for that. They're like, oh, no, no, I remember what Game of Thrones did. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing because Westworld did. Did Westworld win anything? They won a couple, yeah. Okay. Um, of like the 70 freaking awards they handed out. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I, that, I'm kind of just rambling here. I can't even remember what like the well, other. Well, let's broaden out the question a little bit, yeah. Elizabeth. Sure. Uh, broaden out the question because that will make me more specific, definitely. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's helpful. Do you think that the quality of a particular season, or actually I should, I should revise, how much of an impact does the quality of a season have on Emmy voters? Well, I mean, famously, as you've we've talked about multiple times, the Emmys are notorious for repeating, notorious for not, um, notorious for repeating winners and nominees. So the answer could be very easily not much. And I think, you know, people tend to vote, like looking at those anonymous Emmys ballots that we did this year, like people tend to just vote, like, I know this, I'm comfortable with this. This is what won. Uh, this this is what I vote for in terms of that. Um, but like, I'm honestly trying to remember. Like, okay, so if I can, I'm trying to see if I can remember all the best drama nominees off the top of my head. Oh, I mean, you got it. 
I, I got it? Yeah, you got it. You think I can do it? Yes. All right. Americans? Correct. Uh, Game of Thrones? Correct. Westworld? Counting on my fingers. Stranger Things? Handmaid's Tale? I got two more, right? Or one more? Two more. Two more. Shoot. Oh, This Is Us? Very good. And one more. Give me a hint. Um... Pay equity. Ooh, that's a good hint. I have more hints ready. <laughs> uh, pay equity. Give me one more hint. Oh, shit, actually. That's not, probably not great. Uh, oh, first man. First Man. Yes, the new film. Think about who's in it. Oh, The Crown. Nailed it. Oh, Good yeah. Job, I, I forgot about, I forgot, uh, so Claire Foy, yeah, I forgot about Claire Foy. Uh, I was going to say The Girl with the whatever, but I couldn't remember which version. Is it Spider's Web? Is that the one she's in that's coming yeah, out? Yeah, I think she's in I the Spider's remember. Web. Um, yes, good clues. Thank you, Ben. Uh, yeah, so I did, I did remember, I only need a little help to remember all of them but yeah of those like i feel like i feel like with a lot of those season twos like i don't think a lot of people watched them um and i think people did watch game of thrones and <laughs> they also watched this is us and they also watched this is us what if this is us one well this is us is uh it, it l- had less nominations this year than it did last year which shows a considerable weakening um in passion for it so I, i'm not too worried about it but i mean it's always a fear yeah, I think so. I mean, if it, I think it comes down to Handmaid's Tale versus Game of Thrones, and I think the the bloom might be off Handmaid's Tale. So who knows? Could be Game of Thrones. It's interesting. Um, I, I agree that it's probably those two, and pointing toward the bias you mentioned earlier. I want to believe that there's some shape or form. There's some weird math out there that allows like the split votes between. Game of Thrones and Handmaids to somehow let the Americans wedge its way in. But considering the Americans only got four nominations compared to, what was it, 22 and yeah. 23 that, like, Handmaids and, and Game of Thrones had? Maybe more like 19. 20, something like that. Yeah. I think, actually, yeah, I think it went from 13 to 20. And then I think Game of Thrones ended with, like, 23 or something. But, um, and considering, you know, what won last weekend, considering just what where the buzz is and what people keep talking about. Uh, I think it's Handmaids. I don't think people can really vote against it. I don't know if the backlash, like the, or, and not really, I don't want to call it backlash. I don't know if the the registered disappointment uh, by some critics in the new season was enough to really point sit and say, hey, this isn't worth honoring again uh, for like the mass body who continues to watch it. And to kind of back up that point, I feel like Westworld season two saw a lot more vocal backlash uh, by the end of it than Handmaid's Tale did, and it continued to persevere just fine, even though it's much more likely to split votes with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think it's going to be Handmaid's. I definitely can see a world where Game of Thrones gets in. Um, obviously, <laughs> I'll be rooting for the Americans <laughs> until the end. Um, but that leads us, I think, to an even more interesting discussion. Sure. Uh, which is the drama actress category. Drama actress, yes. In which I think there are four plausible winners. Hmm. Uh, do you remember the drama actress nominees list? This one, I don't know if even I remember all of the nominees. All right. Well, okay. Claire Foy. Correct. 
uh, Lizzie Moss. Yes. We call her Lizzie. Defending she, champion. Defending champion Lizzie Moss, uh, presumed favorite. Your girl, Carrie. My girl, Carrie Russell. Uh, ooh, okay. Um, did Mandy get it? No. Mandy Moore? God, no. Aww. That was great. God bless you, TV Academy. I'm so sorry. I just, I did not like the Super Bowl performance. I know everybody else loved it. I just, no. So. <laughs> no. Okay, let's see. Um, Evan Rachel Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no Game of Thrones ladies in there, right? Absolutely not. Um, so what, I'm up to four now. Mm-hmm. And I've got seven or six? There's only six. Okay. So I'm doing all right. I think you got the nom the win the the nominees. Um, One is um, she's been off the air for a while, but she is a past winner. She's a past winner, but she's been off the air for a while in the drama category. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Give me another hint. Uh, if she won. A number of... No, that's not good. Multiple (laughs) roles. What? Multiple roles. Oh, Tatiana Maslany. Correct. Thank you. Um, And yes, one more. Is her show... Her show is not nominated for Best Drama? No, but some thought it might be. Ooh. It's a dark horse. It's a dark horse. Oh, uh, Killing Eve, Sandro. Correct. That should not have been the last one I got. No, but it's okay. I I mean, I... Way to go, BBC America. Two two nominations in that category. People love Tatiana. Yeah, people love... And I think uh, she's a... she like So I'm sure in the presumed favorites list, I'm guessing she's a... She, you, you think she's one of the four who has a shot? No. Really? I do not think that Tatiana or Evan Rachel Wood have a chance in this. Really? Um, <clears throat> I, I think Tatiana has a better argument to be made considering she is a past winner and considering she somehow managed to get nominated even though there wasn't a huge campaign behind her and her show has been off the air for so long literally like 15 months yeah um but no i think i think obviously you've got elizabeth moss right who's the defending champion um presumed favorite i think i think she is the presumed favorite but again there's just so much contention in this category like a lot of people are predicting a lot of different things um, but in terms of, yeah, like naming a consensus pick, it would probably be Elizabeth Moss. Um, but then the arguments start to come into play uh, when you start talking about Carrie Russell and Claire Foy specifically because they're these are the last seasons for their shows. So The Crown isn't ending, but Claire Foy is done. Right. So she's being replaced in future seasons as they move forward in time by uh, future Oscar winner Olivia Coleman. Oh, God. Why? That's so, it's so good. It's such a good choice. Knock on wood. I love um, her. But uh, so, so the argument is, you know, A, everybody, a lot of people are very passionate Crown fans. Like they, even over just two seasons, you know, people expected it to do a little bit better in its first year with the Emmys, and it, it did okay. It got good good number of nominations, not as many wins. Um, it got the exact same number of nominations in season two, which shows, you know, continued support, if not increased support, like Handmaid's Tale got. But people love Claire Floyd, and, and no one has ever discounted the importance or, or talent that went into that role. So there's a strong argument to be made that those fans are going to come out in droves and say, we can't let her leave you know, without giving her an award. Well, she's, it's also The Crown is very much an actor's show, I think. Like, actors really love The Crown. 
I'd say that I'd say that industry people really love the crown. Right. I think that like you mentioned before, maybe not a lot of people overall have seen the crown like in in terms of like Netflix subscribers, but right. it seems like everybody we talk to around town is oddly passionate about the crown. Shout out to crown super fan uh, Aaron Paul. Yes, very good. Um so there's so there's that argument. The other side of that is a, a similar argument for Carrie Russell, who's not only been been nominated along with Claire Foy before, but she's been she's built up six years worth of accolades and critics not only screaming for people to recognize this series, but for people to look at her work and just be like, no one is doing what Carrie Russell is doing on TV. Um, because she's been nominated in the past, and as I've pointed out before, and I'll talk more about in a second, um, it follows a Friday Night Lights kind of pattern in which uh, a highly respected series that's struggled to gain ratings and widespread support gets recognized in its final year at the Academy, uh, not in drama series overall, but in specific acting categories and writing categories. We'll see if that holds true. But the argument is still, you know, it's Carrie Russell. We can't let her leave. We've got to give her her due after so much incredible work over time. However, the one thing I'd say that's, I think, a bigger slight for Carrie than for Claire is that her character is more divisive. Mm -hmm. The person she's playing, a lot of people have disliked over the years. Um, That's why I'm very sadly predicting Elizabeth to win this, even though my heart is with Carrie. Uh, uh, I just, I I don't know if there's going to be enough people who've seen it and who just love the shit out of Carrie Russell to, uh, and her character to get her the award. And then lastly, Sandro, Dark Horse. Very Dark Horse. But beloved. And somebody who, within the industry, a lot of people were saying, finally, 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 she's got a role that's worth her talents. She's got a role that's the lead. She's got a show that, you know... Uh, is is behind her in a lot of ways, and people really responded to Killing Eve. Now, it's got a similar fan base problem as, as some of these other shows we've mentioned in that not a lot of people have seen it compared to other series, but we don't know how many people have seen The Handmaid's Tale, so we don't know how they stack up. Um, and again, like, Sandro, person of the moment, um, very well could just pop in her first year and knock out not only the defending champion, but the people who are trying to get it in their last year. Right. Um, so I think it's I think it's those four. I'm still betting on Elizabeth Moss if I have to put money down, but Hey, look. Um nineteen ninety seven Cable Ace Award winner Sandra O oh has a track record. So who knows? Sure. <laughs> sure. Never forget Arliss. That's uh yeah, I think a lot of people did. <laughs> Soon it's coming to HBO Go. It's gonna be, we're gonna have an Arlesance. I don't think we are. Oh, if I have to, if, or die trying, Ben, I will make the Arlesance happen. I'll, I'll make sure to write that on your grave. <laughs> uh, Here lies Liz. She died trying to make Arliss happen. Um, please, please, yes, please let that be my grace. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. I mean. And then everyone, and then like an asterisk, there's like, and then just below it's like, 
what's Arliss? Arliss was a uh, long-running uh, HBO sitcom that was the predecessor to Ballers. They'll just be little pamphlets. They'll just <laughs> say, like, it'll have the asterisks, and then there'll be an asterisk on, like, the bin full of, with the pamphlets, and you just take it, and you can read about it. HBO will probably put a code on there for, like, a free pilot episode or something. Yeah, we should just get HBO to sponsor my gravestone. That's the solution. I mean, if you literally died trying to get people to watch Arliss, I think they would sponsor your gravestone, so... Um, Challenge accepted. Jesus. <laughs> no. Uh, All right. So you got more in it. Yeah. I wanted to just quickly discuss the utter bewilderment I feel surrounding the supporting actress category. In um, drama? In drama, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I just. Do you I, want me to, do you want to try to guess these? I mean, if you feel like you can. Well, I mean, there's seven with, of them. There's seven. Jeez. Then I think we nominate too many people for Emmys. I think we should nominate fewer. Disagree. Um, well, you got Lena Headey. Um, did Amelia Clark get in there, too? Nope. Okay. And Lena Headey's the only Game of Thrones actor? Mm, yes. Okay. I would say, uh, yeah, it's in supporting actor that it's both Dinklage and Skarsgård. Um, not Skarsgård. Uh, jeez. Um, uh, Nikolai. Walter Costo or whatever. Yeah. Um, you got Lena, you got Chrissy Metz again? No, no. Liz. So this is us cast does not get nominated except for milo and sterling i thought that chrissy got correct. it last year what which is correct <laughs> you even support milo yeah well that's so begrudging yeah <laughs> i mean give me a hint what am i what, what am i i mean missing well there's three handmade nominees oh that's right okay yvonne yeah good cheese louise yvonne uh yvonne uh and and uh stravowski and dowd and out, and who's the third one? She's well, why I, I shouldn't be playing last this. year's winner. Yes. Oh, Alexis Bledel. Nailed it. Um, and then yeah, I was like, "There's one. There's a show I'm missing here." Um, and then beyond that, so it's three handmaids: Lena Headey. Uh, oh, uh, Tandy, right? Tandy Newton, Westworld. And then two more. Same uh, one you forgot before. What? Same one you forgot before. Same show I forgot before? Yep. Uh, Vanessa Kirby again? Correct. Hooray. She's nice. First time. First time. Um, but the same show I forgot before. And uh, another show for uh, another best nominated show? Actually, yes. Okay. So thinking. It's not Millie for Stranger Things, right? It is. It is? Yes. Oh, dear Lord. That's right. That's, that's the thing we keep doing. So, I mean... I don't I don't have a strong argument for this category other than Ant Dowd won last year. Yes. That's the only thing I have being like I think Ant Dowd might win. Right now I've got Yvonne as the winner because I think if if it is going to be a handmaid's tale kind of night, then people will recognize what the vast majority of people I talk to recognize throughout the season, and that's Yvonne. But they could all split votes. The the they could the Emmy voters could do what they always do and stick with past winners, which would favor Ann Dowd or Alexis, Alexis Padel because she was nominated in guest actress last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of scenarios that could play out there. Tandy Newton was somebody I think I predicted to win last year who did not, but people love her on Westworld, so there's always the that's Tandy. That's because she's freaking great. She's very good. Um, 
Millie, I think, is a stretch, but again, you know, she got her own episode this year, which was divisive, but she still had it, and it's a very well-seen show, so that gives a little bit of an edge. Lena Headey's on Game of Thrones. People really love her on Game of Thrones. Um, if Game of Thrones, like, steals the momentum back, there's a good chance that people could be giving it to Lena. And then um, I, I, I love the Vanessa Kirby pick, personally. Like, I think of the... Like, her getting nominated. Well, no, I of oh. her winning. Oh, because I think of the people, I think of the people in that cast who are you know aging out of their roles mm-hmm. and moving on to other things. Um, I would be, I would definitely be on board the Claire Foy train if it wasn't getting in the way of Carrie Russell. Um, but I think I might still pick Vanessa Kirby as my favorite of the show. Like I just love the work she does in this, and I think that she's shown um, her range and her you know just kind of prolific talents in in a lot of other projects. So. Um, the fact that she's got a very buzzy movie out that people wanted to see more of her of with Mission Impossible, um, that works in her favor, you know, especially as it aired or was premiering while people were campaigning. So if she wins, I'm going to love that story. I don't think I can bet on it because that just doesn't seem to be how the Emmys operate, but Mm -hmm. it'd be cool. So yeah, I just don't know. This one is just one where it seems like whenever they say that's the person, I'll be like, okay, sure, I see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Ivana's... Yvonne's an interesting bet. I like her a lot. I think she's very, very good on the show. Um, hilariously, she's she's extremely pregnant right now. Did you right. know? Yeah. And uh, I was talking with her. She came to the office, actually, for an interview. And I was talking with her about, you know, hey, you know, wh- when's your due date? And she's like, a week after the Emmys. Oh, shit. Yeah. So basically, not only is she like, so basically she was like, I, I'm just hoping he, stay, he, he, he stays put. Like she wants to go to she it's her big night she wants to go to the party and like you know oh yeah no yeah she deserves to yeah so hopefully 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 her bun in the oven sticks and st- stays stays cooking yeah um <laughs> the side of it is now that i'm thinking about it i think ann dowd might be happier if yvonne or alexis really but yvonne wins like i think she she's, might she just... definitely seems like the personality where it's like i don't she doesn't she would hate to beat them well yeah i mean and just part of it was like seeing her face last year when she won was just one of the most beautiful moments television has ever aired. And I think it's because it was a very raw, real, authentic, like just realization that we all got to witness. Um, And I think if she, if we get to watch her realize that Yvonne has won, I think it's going to be even more that in reverse. Like instead of just kind of like, what's happening? I can't believe this. It's going to just be like, Oh, Fuck yes, like just really into it, which will be fun. So, um, you know, that's yeah. me always on the and out alert. Of course. So outside of the drama world, any any categories you want to talk about? Yeah, Liz, I want to get your read on the comedy race, uh, comedy <laughs> series race, because it's not one where I feel like it's as wide ranging of, of, of options to win. But we do know one thing. There will be a new winner. Yeah, it's all new of people. Well, Veep is the defender, so oh yeah, so no matter um, no matter what, and I think I think some of these have won years ago, um, but for the most part, actually, yeah, I think I think yeah, Curb won years ago, but that's it. Okay, so Curb, Curb got nominated. Jeez, sorry, this is how I, I haven't refreshed my. You guys are you guys are hearing me like refresh my memory essentially. I swear to God, I was paying attention on Emmy's morning. I wasn't. I I. I Tech, I assembled the nominations list, like so. I'm not completely out of it, but uh, so Curb, Atlanta, Maisel, 
Um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, what am I? What am I blanking on? Got four out of the seven. Is it six or seven? It's seven. Um, I was trying to double check if Curb had actually won. Um, so you said you said Curb, Curb, Maisel, Atlanta, Atlanta, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yep. Okay, one you're literally watching right now. Barry. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. One is the same network. Uh, HBO got three in. Yes. Wow. Um, oh, uh, Insecure? Mm-mm. Ballers? <laughs> Ballers! Good joke, Liz. Aww. <laughs> God, Ballers. why am I blanking? I should not be blanking on this. I'm sorry, I apologize to any HBO people who are listening to this. Uh, it's been nominated, I think, every season. Oh, Silicon Valley. Correct. Uh, and, and you're forgetting... Well, she has another show that just came out today. The Good Place? No. Damn it. R.I.P. What? R.I.P. R.I.P.? I mean, it didn't make it, so oh. season two of Good Place. Oh, forever yeah. Forever not nominated. Yeah, that's right. Congrats, Ted, though. Get that win, buddy. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, she has another show coming out today, so... But we are talking about Maya Rudolph? Nope. Glow. Nailed it. Yay. I did it. We're talking, of course, about Alison Brie, who's... Uh, I should have made the hint. I might be their good luck charm. Yes, that's right, because you, you, you do help them out. Yeah. So, Well, you give them the straight white male approval, and that right, way... <laughs> right. They put me at their SAG event and their Emmy event, and they're like, oh, a man likes this show? Well, we can vote for it now. Yeah. You give them permission. Jesus Christ. It's uh, terrible. Yep. Um, so but yeah. No, so it's it's. We live in a world where Atlanta and Marvel, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, are comp- are basically the front runners in this category, which is the most insane goddamn thing that's happened in the Emmys race this year, as far as I'm concerned. Hour long, period, comedy, question mark about a stand up comedian um, <coughs> versus a half hour, well actually wide ranging, <laughs> time wise. Um, story of black culture in modern Atlanta, Georgia. Well, around Atlanta, Georgia. By the way, uh, this is a complete aside, but I just want to note for the record that uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick Somerville thinks of a maniac as a half-hour show, despite multiple episodes being over 40 minutes. And I was like, but but really, you think of this as a hour, half-hour show? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I really need to... Um I meant to do a, an average of the timing. I'll do that for the later review to, to see exactly what it clocks in at. I think it'd a, it'll probably end up averaging about 38 minutes. Yeah. Maybe maybe 36. It could go a little or just Because there's a couple that are like 23. Yeah. But anyway, so it was just like, that's cute that you think that. I mean, that's what it was based on. Yeah. And if you watch it, it feels like a, a half hour show that balloons up a little bit because it's trying to get all this stuff in and then just harnesses it and then yeah you know. but that's a that's a show that hasn't been nominated for an emmy of the nominations but yeah atlanta is atlanta is this beautiful singular gem of a thing um whether the fact that it's competing against marvelous mrs Maisel, which is its own very weird singular thing is it is a testament to 
what we consider it is a testament to the diversity of what we can consider a comedy to be today it is also fucking nuts and i don't know how the emmy emmy voters decide beyond just i saw one and i liked it i mean I, it's uh, it's the same it's the same rationale you have to apply when you're making your year in top 10 list you have to look at it critically and, and assess the the flaws and strengths and see which outweighs the other frankly it's very easy to do it's atlanta it's better but <laughs> you know i'm open to other discussions that's the fun part but does that it's mean Atlanta, Atlanta it's Atlanta win? it's better I'm open to other discussions yeah I like I like hearing the arguments for the other side it's always fun it always makes it so much more satisfying when to, you beat us in the submission with your own opinions well not beating you no I don't want to beat anybody I just want to I want to understand perspectives that I don't have and um you know I, I like to think that I think very long and hard about these kind of things probably too much but uh but when it comes to the emmys the interesting thing is when you phrase something like i don't know how they do it (laughs) i think because there's twenty thousand people there's probably 500 different ways they do it some Mm -hmm. of them are like oh i know the guy in atlanta i'm gonna vote for that some of them are like i work for fx i'm gonna vote for that some of them are i like i like mazel i'm gonna vote for that some are I saw Maisel, I didn't see anything else. I'm gonna vote for that. Some like there's there's biases and um and opinions exposed in those uh anonymous Emmy ballots we posted that are just still careening around in my head as to why something would get the votes that it did. Um and, you know, I I'd like to think that it's a it's a statement that requires a little bit of or a choice that requires a little bit of convincing. But um it does feel like it's those two shows. I would say that because Barry is a Hollywood series. It is and, so insider. And nailed 16 nominations, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, you never know. You never know. And it, I, you, we don't know how many people saw Maisel. We do know how many people saw Atlanta. And I'm pretty sure more people have seen Barry. There you go. Yeah. So any other races you want to you spotlight? Well, Liz, what do you think's gonna, who do you think is going to win? Oh, geez, between the two of them? Well, between any of them. You can pick Glow if you think Glow's going to win. Glow's <laughs> not going to win. As much as I love it. Yeah, Glow's great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, of, of, of the shows, it might be my personal favorite. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Atlanta is a good bet. I think, uh, I think, though, I think Atlanta is a good bet especially now i think like five years ago i would have bet on mazel but i think like the like like every voting body there's been an effort to young up the emmys aim what i'm saying is that if the emmys were being voted on by my mother my pick would be mazel um (laughs) shout out to mom hi mom mom loves mazel um but my parents do too yeah Man, Amazon's kind of cornering the market on shows that parents love. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they have the Prime accounts that we're all stealing for <laughs> that our is own true. game. So. <laughs> that Amazon knows its target audience. Moms and dads. Well, that's why we're getting Bosch Season 5. <laughs> that is why we're getting Bosch Season Jack Ryan five. Season 17. Good Lord. Ah, it's true. It really is. No slights against those shows either. No. That's exactly who they're made for. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we enjoy them too. Experienced, thoughtful, wonderful humans is what I mean by who they're made for. Yes. They just happen to be moms and dads. Mostly. 
mostly. Um, point is, <laughs> aside from aside from that ramble, I feel like there are a lot of moms and dads in the academy, but I also think there are a lot of non moms and dads in the academy at this point. And so I think I think Atlanta could take it. I am waffling so hard on this pick. Like I was Atlanta. Is, is, as soon as I brought like, up moms and dads, you're like, oh crap. Oh no no no! I've been thinking about it for a while, and and I've been I've been Atlanta most of the way. The more we, the deeper we get into the race, the more Maisel seems to have a presence uh, on the circuit, and the more convinced I am that if the Emmys stick with status quo, it would be their pick. And also, it fits in more with the conversation right now in terms of like people trending toward uh, voting for uh, for shows made by women. Like, I mean, that, that's that's very much on voters' minds these days, and that's not anything to ignore either. And that's not to say that you know. <laughs> They should be voted for over shows made by you know black men, but uh, this and is where we're women. at. So and black women, absolutely, and white, white women. Um, but uh, but no, I just uh, I can't come down to this. I've been laying all the way. I think I'm going to stick with it. But when Maisel wins, I'm just going to be like, fuck, I knew it. In the back of my head. Yeah. Couldn't let it out. Yeah. I mean, I love Maisel. It's great. Yeah, it's a fun show. Um. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. Quick round, Liz. Go. Sterling K. Brown. Yep. Matthew Reese. Sorry, Sterling. You're picking Matthew, too? Picking Matthew. Me, too. Way to go, Liz. Why not? Um, all right, we're crowding a new person in the lead comedy race as well. Sure. Le- lead comedy actress race because uh, the queen, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, is taking a year off. Sure. Uh, is it is it Rachel Brosnahan? Is that a lock? Uh, I mean, I don't know who, who, she, who could beat her. Pamela Adlon. Allison Janney, Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross, Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Rachel. Okay. Rachel's going to do it. Uh, the last last one that I wanted to ask was uh, limited series, because if we're going to do all the big races, might as well do limited series. Might as well. Um, Versace. Yeah. It's, it's got an ungodly amount of nominations. I had someone leave the nastiest comment I've read in a while about how stupid I am for not picking Versace. <laughs> Like just, what do you have? What is your pick? I had Godless for a while. I've after the Creative Arts, I've, I have switched over to Versace, but I wouldn't be surprised if Godless stole it. Netflix has put the money, and Jeff Daniels has been on the circuit, so we'll see. I I think that Ryan Murphy's power is going to kind of dwarf all in this case, but um, if we're talking about shows that were met with a more widely accepted opinion then it would absolutely be godless so yeah but i feel like the the catch is that versace was probably seen by more people and i don't agree with this but we will never know yes that's true but yeah, yeah it, i think that's po- it the point is it's gonna be a fun emmys night i mean it may there may be some boring it may it may be it may go down some predictable paths but at the very least we'll have plenty to discuss at the very least we have our hosts. Oh yeah, that'll that that cherry on the top of the Sunday. Colin Yost and Michael J. Thank just God. who just who the voices I need to hear. They're exactly, exactly who we need right now in these uh, in these let's say delicate times. Somebody from New York, uh, I was talking to at a party, uh, worked on SNL, and she asked me like, "So what's the kind of feeling here in LA about uh, about about them hosting?" and this was just recently and so i was like i don't know maybe if you're gonna host an award show don't do an interview where you make fun of award shows maybe that's not the way to win over the room um yeah maybe don't do that uh and also maybe don't be condescending 
of chauvinist pigs. Whoa. Maybe. I'm maybe. Just, don't, don't, I, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying maybe that's a helpful way to host a, well, a well-crafted award show. I mean, at least one that has the aims of being prestigious. Indeedy. Um, but, Ben, here's what really matters. The awards don't matter. The shows matter. So, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Well, you could have, couldn't have have it any better. The best thing I watched last week was Bojack Horseman. Damn right. Uh, the most, I mean, it is. It's the, it's the most. Uh, it's the most best. Horrifically shunned series on television when it comes to uh, awards when we, it com- well when it comes to the Emmys specifically when when will arnett doesn't get his emmy nomination for episode six do you want to come with me when i burn down the academy or do you want to like be my alibi for when i do, for when i say oh no i wasn't burning down the academy because you guys didn't nominate will arnett uh i was hanging out with ben we were at a we were at a sports bar watching the sports i'll probably be the alibi i don't know if that's where i'd i'd, I'd plant my you're going to you're going to drink twice as much why? Because I, you're pretending to be me and you at the bar to be my alibi. Mm, I don't think I need to drink twice as much, Liz. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but no, that that's, that new season is um, is is a unique experience and a powerful one, unlike anything else you'll see this year. Um, it always is, which is something that is almost dangerous to say. I think when you're talking about TV and it's entered its fifth season, because you don't want to just keep hammering the same ideas home to people you need to try to switch it up in a way that might be the final trick to engage them into something they've been hesitant about before um but i mean it's it's hard to come up with more significant and um meaningful superlatives to describe bojack horseman that have already been put out there and i think it's important if you can't handle it that's one thing if you are just kind of dismissive of it because it's animated that's another um or dismissive of it for any other reason i just i think you it's a show that invites as much criticism upon itself as it does um kind of reflect what's going on in society um you know critiquing society in a lot of ways um so i i just think it's a very important show to engage with and (laughs) It's one, I, I know the reruns are coming out on County Central, that's great, whatever, but it's one that I really do wish was released weekly just because each episode kind of deserves its own time in the sun to be discussed, and mm-hmm. we try and we do a, a, as good a job as we can on our end, and I think that the creators and the producers and the team behind it do as good a job as they can do on their end, um, and at the same time, I just, I really wish, yeah. really wish we could spotlight those, just have their own week before they moved on to the next one. Yep. So anyway, that's my pick. Liz. Well, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I, I really str- – one of the reasons I struggled with, my, with the review uh, that we ran for the embargo was because I was just like – I I feel like I've said all these things before. I feel like I, I've, it's coming up with new ways to describe how good it is, is, is – except for the part where they do keep trying new things and they keep, do, keep experimenting in really fascinating ways. It is such a good show. Uh, but, yes, for me – um, beyond Bojack, uh, which I am also rewatching, um, uh, ha- almost through s- season three, which is as always a delight. Um, I shout out for better, a uh, usual shout out for Better Call Saul. Um, this season is going, I'm basically mentally bracing for the heartbreak that's to come, like something bad. I, f- you know, I feel like something bad is about to happen, and I'm very, very nervous, but it's also amazing to watch. 
Um, and also, yeah, like uh, Ben casually mentioned earlier that I've been uh, watching Little Barry. Um, and I, I I knew I had seen some before, but I was I wanted to watch a little bit in preparation for something. And I've been really charmed I, just like in watching it at one episode this morning before we start recording this. I was just like, oh, man, all these things are so great. This is so charming. Um, so, yeah, Barry's great. You should go back and catch up with Barry if you didn't watch Barry already. Uh, ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to it's kind of a cheat. I'm looking forward to Mr. In Between on FX. Because um, you've already seen it. I have seen the first four, and I honestly, I think they gave me more than that um, for screeners. So mm. I think I get to watch new ones, which is why I'm slotting it into this category. Um, it's a it's an Australian production uh, about uh, like a very very kind of average Joe hitman. Um, and the, the the different jobs he's put on and, and the way they affect his personal life. And uh, he has a very close relationship with a very young daughter, which is interesting. Um, and it's it's it hits all of the kind of marks of the cliches you use to describe a lot of shows of its ilk. Like you can say it's dark and edgy and funny and sharp. And um, it's also just, it's it's kind of uniquely moving in a way like the the way they engage with with this particular hitman um it's almost a shame barry came out ahead of it and, and stole some of this conversation a little bit in that they don't glorify the violence and they don't um they don't glorify his life at all uh and they also don't try to make it look cooler than it is um they're not trying to make it look cool at all and i think that um it's not a show about him having a breakdown of any sorts. Like mm-hmm. he's not trying to come to terms with what he's doing so much as he's just living through it and watching it affect him. And, and you're almost seeing it more than he does. Anyway, um, it's going to be on FX. It's a half hour comedy drama, whatever. Um, and I really liked the first four. I really liked seeing them on the big screen at Sundance. And um, I think, I think people will respond to it. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing more of next. But Liz, what are you looking forward to? Um, well, first off, I've only ha- I've only seen the first four episodes of the first, uh, the new Hulu show premiering as you listened to this last Friday. Um, and I need to fix that. So hopefully this weekend I get to catch up. Uh, Great. I know. I'm very excited. I feel I really liked what I saw in the first four. Are you going to be able to see it on your, your big TV? Yes. Okay, good. I have a big TV. Um had it from it's a very old TV. I've had it for about ten years, but it's a very big TV. I'm actually very excited to go back and do the same thing because the cuts we got when it for the for review did had like so many special effects that weren't done. Oh um, man! So it's getting to see it a on the big screen instead of I saw some of it on my on my big screen, but uh, anyway, well that's a good tip actually because I instead of going to the screener yeah, site, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I should go to Hulu and yes. watch it there. Yes, good. Thank yes. you for letting me know that. Yeah. Um. So that's it. One thing. The other thing. This is stupid. But uh, I requested press access for uh, the upcoming DC Universe. Uh, mm. well, actually, I think as we talk, it's been launched. And uh, it's got a lot of good stuff on it. Like uh, basically any TV show that ever had a DC superhero in it that <gasps> wasn't on the CW. Like they've got the Adventures of Lois and Clark. Okay. They've got all of the animated classics of your your favorite Batman, the animated series. And uh, Wait, just that wasn't on the CW. Wasn't that a WB show? 
Yeah, but it's I'm I'm the C I'm saying oh, CW like, like, like the, sorry, I'm talking about the Berlanti yeah, universe yeah, essentially. Yeah, got it, sorry. Uh, it's all right. Um but actually Birds of Prey, <laughs> that's not a good show, but um but all the all the amazing DC animated universe stuff that from the 90s and 2000s, uh it's a real treasure trove of stuff. So I'm looking forward to digging into that, but I'm also looking forward to digging into the DC Universe original series Titans. Uh, this is infamously the live action anime, live action uh, Teen Titans show, which features Dick Grayson saying "fuck Batman." <laughs> and I don't know if it's going to be any good, but I definitely want to watch. Uh, I want to watch at least the first episode, so I'm looking forward to that. I mean, that's a that seems like a great pick um, for a week when the DC EU is in a bit of disarray on the big screen. It's yeah. a good reminder that their TV stuff has been has been pretty great so yeah at least at least at least closer to the comics world and what what people enjoy about the comics world like like well-told stories and with fun characters characters. yeah Yeah. (laughs) people having fun and not just murdering other people for for shits and giggles yeah why did you say her name martha that's so gross well we should have a martha off sometime i don't want to (laughs) I, I regret already bringing it up. It just <laughs> makes me sad. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, well, you know, Ben, you know what makes you happy? What? IndieWire.com. Where oh, you'll find yeah. news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. You know, Screen Talk, whether it's Emmy edition or not, always makes me happy as well. So make sure to listen to uh, Mike Schneider and... Ann Thompson on the Emmy edition, as well as Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson on the classic edition. You did it. Um, of those podcasts. Other IndieWire podcasts, which make me happy in no particular order, are the Turn It On podcast with Michael Schneider. And, um, I mean, just the epitome of happiness. The, the the goal that we all want in life when you're saying, what is the meaning of life? I just want to be happy. It's 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 Chris Ophult's Filmmaker Toolkit podcast. Like, he's discovered it. Um, he embodies it when he's walking around on the street, and um, you know it, it. It works for me, so yeah. Make sure to listen to those. Yeah, um, you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T Travers. You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We will be back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, keep watching. Go Americans. Television. Also, keep watching television. Oh. Thank you.